Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, Good to be back with you this morning. I was sorry to uh, not have been here last week, but I am very appreciative to Vic Tony for filling in graciously uh, at the last minute and doing a fine job. Thank you, Vic. It was... uh, and even though I was disappointed not to be here, it's nice to be able to sit back and worship in my living room uh, online. And welcome to those of you who are worshiping in your living rooms right now or bedrooms, and or we're glad that you have joined us for this time of worship. Those of you who are here, I would ask you to uh, find the attendance pads that are in each of the pews and fill those out and pass them along to others worshiping with you this morning. As you do that, make sure that you take a look at the announcement insert that is in your bulletin, a number of things coming up. I do want to highlight our charge conference, which is this afternoon. We will be meeting in the chapel at 2 o'clock to finish up uh, preparing our reports for the charge conference, and then the uh, regional charge conference will be in here in the sanctuary at 3 o'clock with a number of churches from the region coming together with our district superintendent to lead that meeting at 3 o'clock. But we do need to finish up our reports at 2 o'clock, so everybody on the administrative board Uh, needs to be in the chapel at 2 o'clock to uh, finish up that work. There uh, is an announcement about providing Thanksgiving meals. We want to serve our community around us by uh, making sure that everybody has uh, the food that they need for a a wonderful Thanksgiving celebration. Uh, We are collecting food and uh, monetary donations for the Fish Food Pantry. There's an announcement about that in your bulletin and also on the table out in the Northex, a place where you can bring in your food items, Uh, also bring in your money. They are able to uh, buy a good deal of food with the money that we give, so uh, if you want to give in that way, uh, that will be greatly appreciated. We want to finish that collection by Wednesday, November 16th, uh, so that all of the uh, money can be used and the uh, goods that we bring in can be distributed for those that need them for their Thanksgiving meals. Uh, We are here to worship God. I invite you to be in a spirit of worship, and I invite you to stand as you're able as we join together in the call to worship. Good morning. A thousand days are but a moment to God. All flesh Flesh is is grass grass and and withers withers away. away. Still we treasure our days with those whom we love, and we definitely give them back to God. On this day, we thank God for the saints in our lives. Let us worship God. Please remain standing for our opening hymn for all the saints. It's number 711 in your United Methodist hymnal. We will only be singing verses 1, 2, 4, and 5 this morning.
Thank you. You may be seated. Please join me in our opening prayer printed in our bulletin. O God, our Father, we thank you that today you have called us to worship you and learn of you. You alone know our needs. Satisfy them with your unchanging love. In your presence, may we find comfort in sorrow, guidance in perplexity, strength to meet temptation, grace to overcome the fascination of disobedience, and courage to face up to the hostility of this rebellious world. Above all, may we meet Jesus and go out from our worship indwelt by your Spirit. This prayer we ask to your glory and in his name. Amen. The children would come forward for the children's moments, please.
children make their way back, I would invite you to turn in your hymnals to hymn number 709 for our prayer hymn, which is, Come, let us join our friends above. Let us sing this hymn together in prayer.
We join now in the role of the victorious as we remember and honor those of this congregation who have gone on to their eternal reward over the past year. And we remember them with thanksgiving and joy. Lillian Grant. Donna Howard. Richard Strauss. Sandra Simanis. Bruce Pickleheimer. Sheila Woosley. Mary Lou McClelland. Mary Warner. Sarah Stout. James Beller. Roger Collins. Jack Gresham. Robert Warner. Janet Orton. Betty Trout. Jean Wellman. Lord, we give you thanks for all of these saints that we have named here today and for so many other saints in our lives whom we recall in our hearts this morning as we lift them to you in prayer, as we honor their memory, all that they have taught us, all that they have been to us, for the example that they shared of Christian love. Lord, thank you for the grace that you poured upon each one of them, and thank you for the grace that you have poured upon us through them as they have received their eternal reward, as they dwell with you in glory, may we look forward to that day when we too will dwell with you in glory. And Lord, may we receive that promise according to the grace that you have offered us in Jesus Christ. For he is the one that you sent 
to be the way for us, to cleanse us of our sin, to bring us back to you, to bring us into your presence for all time. Lord, may we look forward to that day when we will be in your glorious presence always. And may we live according to that kingdom way even now as we anticipate that reward that is to come. Lord, may you work through each one of our lives. May you work through this congregation to bring that good news of Jesus Christ to all people. We pray this in his precious and holy name as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship now through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers wait upon us.
please join me in the prayer of dedication. God, our helper, you are our great joy. Your Holy Spirit enlightens the minds and hearts of your people. Thank you for always encouraging us to draw near to you in prayer and worship. In times of trouble or concern, we find hope and peace in your presence. Guide our congregation to share the warmth and good news of your love in ministries with people in our wider community. Receive these tithes and offerings in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Today's scripture lesson is taken from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the work of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. That is our theme for this sermon, hope. And not just any hope, but the hope to which God has called us. Where it is that God directs us to place our hope. Not just what we want, but what God wants for us. Not just what we expect for ourselves, but what God has promised to us. Hope is a funny thing. The way we usually use the word hope, it means something like wish. I hope this or that, I'm wishing for it, I'm not really sure whether I'll get it or not. I hope there will be nice weather when I go golfing. I can check the weather forecast ahead of time to see how much foundation there is to that hope, but still, I don't know for sure. Even if there's a 50% chance of rain, I'm still going to hope that the other 50% chance of no rain comes true. But I know that my hopes may go unfulfilled. I hope for a good day. I hope there's a big crowd at church. I hope that nothing goes wrong with the service. I hope that everyone stays awake through the sermon. (laughs) There are some things that I can do to help pave the way, but uh, some things that are beyond my control. Sometimes I get what I hope for, sometimes I don't. A comedian tells the story of a Christmas when his wife told him that she wanted some new pajamas. What he heard was some pajamas, plural. So he went out and bought her six pairs of new pajamas. And he wrapped each one of them individually. He was so excited thinking that this was going to be the best Christmas ever. He had finally gotten his wife exactly what she hoped for. Christmas morning came. The family gathered round. She opened her first package and said, Oh, pajamas, thanks. That was not the enthusiasm he was hoping for. His eyes looked over the other five unopened packages, and his heart sank. Needless to say, six pairs of pajamas was not what his wife was hoping for for Christmas. Sometimes we get what we hope for, and sometimes we don't. That is not, I repeat, that is not what the Bible means by hope. 
When Paul prays for the Ephesians that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, he's not talking about some blessing that they are wishing for. Maybe they'll receive it. Maybe they won't. He is referring to a promise of God, an assurance that they have already been given. They don't have to wish for it, uncertain of whether or not that wish will be granted. They don't have to work for it, uncertain of whether or not they will meet the requirements of the job. They don't have to check the forecast to find out the likelihood that this might come true. It has already been guaranteed. In Romans 8, Paul says about this hope, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. That's why he uses the word hope. Not because it's something that's uncertain, but because it is something that is yet to be fulfilled for us. We can't see it yet. It's something for which we are still waiting patiently. But it's also something of which we can be assured. Likewise, the letter to the Hebrews says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Again, the idea that we can't see it yet. Again, the connection of faith and hope that that what we hope for has been promised by God. And because we have faith in God, our hope will not be disappointed. Paul writes to Titus about the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised from the beginning of time. Likewise, Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. All of these references to our Christian hope agree. The promise is from God. God is faithful. God does not lie. Therefore, we can believe with confidence and we can await the fulfillment of our hope in patient faith. Not anxiously as someone who is uncertain of the outcome, not fretting that we need to do something to make it happen, to force God's hand. We wait in patience because we believe, because we have the assurance of the outcome. But what what exactly is this outcome? What is this hope to which God has called us? And how does it come about? This phrase about hope, as as it appears here in Ephesians 1, comes in the middle of a very long sentence. As Paul wrote it, the entire Scripture reading for today is one long sentence. All of it relates to the rest. The next phrase in the verse, following the hope to which he has called you, expounds upon what it is that we are hopeful for, namely, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. In other words, heaven, the promise of eternal life with God, which is shared by all of the saints. Paul prays that the Ephesians might know what are the riches of this glorious inheritance. In a sense, we can never fully know that in this life. The goodness that awaits us is too far beyond anything that we have ever experienced. But we can at least catch a glimpse of it. We can at least have some sense that what awaits us, what has been promised, is all good, is total perfection. We may be poor now, but we will be rich beyond measure when we come into that inheritance. 
We may be sick now, but then we will be restored to perfect health. We may be sorrowful and tired, weighed down and overwhelmed, but then we will know absolute peace and strength and joy. These are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. It's called an inheritance not because it is due to us by virtue of our birth. Heaven is not my birthright as a human. The only one who inherits this by virtue of His being is Jesus Christ the only Son of God. But by my second birth, by being born anew into Christ, when we become brothers and sisters of Christ, He graciously shares that inheritance with all who give themselves over to Him. That is what He means by the saints. A saint is is not someone who is more remarkably holy than others during life. Neither is a saint someone who performs miracles after death. A saint, according to the New Testament, is anyone who gives themselves over to Christ and lives for His glory. Anyone who lives in the faith and dies in the faith is a saint given the very same inheritance as Christ Himself. That is what we celebrate on All Saints Day. These loved ones that, that we remember who have passed from this life and gone on to receive the inheritance that we too hope for. Many of them were great people. You remember them because of the special people that they were and the lessons that they taught you and the love that they shared and what they meant. But the inheritance that they received in heaven is not based on any of that. It is based simply on their faith in the merits of Jesus Christ. Their knowledge that Christ is the one who opened the way to heaven. Christ is the one who welcomed them home. It is His glorious inheritance which He graciously shares with all the saints. The next phrases then go on to expound on what is the basis for this hope. The immeasurable greatness of His power toward those who believe according to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. It is the immeasurable power of God that is the foundation of our hope. The same power by which God raised Jesus from the dead and lifted Him up into heaven. The power of God over life and death. The power of God to overcome sin and death through the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus. That is the foundation of our hope. In one of his other letters, Paul talks about if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then we are most of all to be pitied because we are still in our sins. It is the fact that God has power over death, a power that was proven when He raised Christ from the grave. And the fact that God has used that power in Christ to wipe away sin, that is why we can hope with certainty and wait in faith. Because our hope is not in chance, but in God. 
Our faith is not in ourselves, but in Christ. When God raised Christ from the dead, He seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. In other words, since Christ is exalted above everything of this world, since Christ is Lord over all things and all powers that have ever been created, therefore our hope is not limited by what we see and know from the world around us. When we look at the world around us, it's easy to get discouraged. When illness strikes our homes, When someone we love dearly dies, when wars rage on, when political leaders continue to tear one another down rather than build the country up, when friends disappoint us, when the church disappoints us, when nothing seems to go right, it can be quite tempting to lose hope. But Paul reminds us that our hope is not founded upon any of the people or powers of this world. Our hope is founded upon Jesus Christ who is seated at the right hand of the Almighty far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Therefore, no matter what happens in this world, still we are people of hope. And how do we come about? How do we come by this hope? How do we receive this hope? For that, we need to go back to the phrases before our theme for today. Before he gets to the hope to which he has called you, Paul says that he is praying for the Ephesians that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. In other words, this hope doesn't come to us naturally. It is a gift of God. Hope comes when the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, gives us a spirit of wisdom. When He reveals to us the knowledge of Jesus Christ, It is only by that knowledge of Jesus Christ that we can have the kind of enduring hope that Paul is talking about. Because it is only by Jesus Christ that the inheritance in which we hope is given. If we don't know Jesus, how can we know the inheritance that comes only from Him? If we don't know Jesus, in whom can we find our hope? If someone is in despair and they don't know Jesus, telling them to just think positively, it's not going to get them very far, is it? I mean, they might find some fleeting encouragement in the moment, but nothing that is going to last through all the trials of life. If someone feels hopeless and you say, you just have to have hope, what you're giving them is nothing more than wishful thinking. That's not something to hold on to. What they need is the foundation for which that hope is going to stand up. Hope that is going to last. The foundation of that hope is Jesus. The hope that we have is the promise of God that the inheritance of Christ is for all the saints. Our hope is in the power of God that raised Christ from the dead, that seated Him 
in the heavenly places above all other powers and that will raise us as well if we but hold fast to our faith in him. That is the hope to which he has called us. Each one of us here today. It it is that same hope to which he called each of our loved ones that we remember on this All Saints Day. The hope of salvation. The hope of eternal life. The hope of glorious life filled with all the richness of God, the Father of glory. So I pray, along with Paul, that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, you will know what is the hope to which He has called you. And you may live in that hope now and every day until it comes to fulfillment in eternity. Amen. Join me now in the prayer of the great thanksgiving as we prepare for the sacrament of Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, blessed it, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. 
Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we have named before you this day. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory as yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. The ushers will come forward and pass the plates. As the uh, bread comes along, you're invited to take a piece and hold on to it until uh, the plates have gone all the way around so that we can receive the sacrament together as one body, the body of Christ, the invitation to receive this sacrament comes from the Lord Jesus himself. Anybody who wishes to respond to his invitation is welcome to receive. And if you need uh, gluten-free bread, let the ushers know, and we have a plate of gluten-free bread up here as well. the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him.
the cup of salvation poured out in the blood of Jesus Christ. Take and drink in remembrance of him. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us, for the sacrifice you made on our behalf and for the grace that you pour upon us day by day, the grace with which you have filled us even now. May you continue to indwell us with your Holy Spirit that we may be your holy people from this day and forevermore. We pray in your precious and holy name. Amen. I invite you now uh, to stand as you are able for our closing hymn, which is in the hymnals number 368, My Hope is Built. Let us sing together. Go forward as people of hope who know your salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Go in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.